0: Now that all the presents are opened and leftover Christmas dessert is finished, um, we're basically staring 2023 in the eyes and with this basically the last stretch of 2022. Um, so, with mo- most sporting events, usually end around this time of year, actually, probably a week or two um, before already. But uh, things like F1, Soccer World Cup, and I think also the Surfing World Tour or the World Surfing Tour uh, finished. Um, end of January, november somewhere so uh you know so some events basically finish the ufc as well and then some events only kickstart this time of year uh one national event that uh, that's starting tomorrow is uh the annual transagalas and uh, anyone who's ever witnessed this race will agree that it does live up to its name as the world's toughest inflatable boat race uh it's basically it started in the 80s and um You know, back then, many thought it was way too dangerous and it would never catch on as a sport. So interest was, um, you know, in spectating was almost nothing. Uh, Yet the organizers back in the 80s went, you know, went forward to actually hold the first event with uh, something like just over 30 inflatable boats, uh, rubber ducks, as we as South Africans know it. And tomorrow, uh, 34 races later... um, you know, it's been uh, transformed into kind of like a world-class event, attracting teams from, you know, all around the world, but as far as Russia, to actually come down to South Africa and compete for the title. So it's pretty fucking gnarly. I've had the opportunity to see it um, quite a few times in different locations. Because basically what it is, it's, it's a race, it's a 700-kilometer race that's broken up into four days. Uh, and these four days are broken up into stages. So... Um, Anyone who's familiar with the garden route, uh, the race basically, tomorrow morning it starts in Nature's Valley, which is just north of Plit, if I remember correctly. So anyway, so day, day one is one of the long hauls of the event, which is uh, just under 190 kilometers uh, from Nature's Valley down to to uh, Mossel Bay. So that's basically 12 hours on a rubber duck. So um, you can imagine the pounding that your organs take, you know, trying to... Um, fucking, um, pilot that boat for 12 hours nonstop. Obviously they have kidney belts, but regardless of that, uh, you know, I think you should be, f- you need to be fucking fit to be able to, to handle that type of, uh, punishment. Uh, anyway, so, uh, day one is quite a long haul and then they get to, you know, the end of the stage where then, um, I'm not, I think each day there's still, um, beach racing that happens after this fucking long haul. So that's day one. Day two is a shorter distance of um, 86 kilometers from Mossel Bay to Still Bay. And then again, I think there's some beach racing going down and also even night racing. Uh, and then day three from Still Bay down to Strace Bay is another 161 kilometers. So another uh, long haul, uh, which is also another almost 12 hours on the boat. Um, and then day four is, I think, three stages. So from straight, Strace Bay down to El Coros Mont, and then uh, from there down to Hansby, and from Hansby down to, to Strand. So that is a total of 223 kilometers of boating, which is fucking gnarly. Uh, you can actually watch the live stream on YouTube. Um, I think if you Google uh, six gun grill, Tron Zagala's challenge, you should be able to find it quite easily. And uh, yeah, even better if you somewhere along the garden route uh, for the next few days, it's definitely worth going down to the beach. And uh, Not only supporting the event, but it's it's a fucking cool little um, atmosphere, especially with the beach racing, because that's quite uh, um, spectator friendly. You know, with the long hauls, you basically just sit and wait for these boats to to you know to arrive from. Uh you know, from up north. As we're with the beach racing, it's kind of like a like a circuit. So they do like laps, which is quite cool to watch. And also, you know, uh, it's quite nice to, to see them punch and uh, move, uh, pilot the boats through the surf. Um, so it's basically the long haul, the surf racing and night racing that takes place. Um, and, you know, when the surf is big and messy, like it, it was one year in, in Still Bay, uh, you, you see to, uh, a lot of boats tend to flip Uh, You know, a lot of shit going down. Guys uh, basically flying into each other as they go over the waves. So it's quite amazing to watch these these skippers kind of choose their lines and timing as they are basically flat out most of the time. Um, So that's the one thing. The other event that also starts uh, in a few days from now, actually on the 31st of December, is the Dakar 2023. Um, So again, I think it's now the fourth consecutive year that's held in Saudi Arabia. And they do something like 8,000 kilometers uh, to cover, you know, the two weeks of competition, which is fucking gnarly. And that's also obviously, I think most people will know, that's broken up into different categories where it's trucks or, uh, you know, uh, special special vehicles or ATVs or quad bikes or uh, motocross bikes or whatever the case might be. So that should be pretty fucking cool as well. And, uh, you know, with electric vehicles moving into the mix, like last year when we had Audi, with the, what was it etrons or whatever it was uh, it should be careful to see what uh, the guys are bringing to to the competition this year um, but that's not actually even what i want to talk about today so if you look at all the gear and equipment needed for these sports you know beyond the obvious like the the boats and the vehicles and the safety gear and everything needed to actually participate at all or even you know the equipment or gear needed to hold the event the one thing that you always need with type of uh, you know uh, any uh, most events actually is a uh, proper clothing you know the pilots and the co-pilots co- would need wetsuits. They would need gloves and life jackets and helmets and goggles. You know, and, th- and that's just kind of the basics. The fucking uh, kidney belt. And with the, the car, obviously, guys need like fireproof overalls. Again, helmets, gloves. You know, comms for them to be able to talk each other, talk with each other, and talk with base camps, uh, base camp, whatever the case might be. Uh, and then you know, if you go to other sports, if we look at rugby, for example, when, you know, you've got men in very tight and small shorts. That um, give everyone, uh, you know, watching the game, a good look at their bums. And in ballet, the dance belt and the tights compress everything, so everything is kind of more visible when v- wearing one. But yet, these, um, you know, uh, clothing in these uh, in these different sports are necessary to be able to perform better, you know, or safer or more comfortable. Uh, you know, and ballet, for example, it's uh, you know with all the kind of movement. Um, you need these these tight, compressed, uh, um, you know, dance belt or tights to kind of cradle and restrain things. Uh, as you kind of you know move around and you know making sure nothing flops around or whatever the case might be, and also you know that kind of distracts the audience from what whatever the dancer uh, the dancer's busy with. So it kind of makes sense from that point of view. It's the same as cyclists. You know we all know those pesky fuckers that huddle together and claim every part of the road, blocking coffee shop entrances with their bikes, and they overpower every single conversation around them, talking about fucking hedge funds and cryptocurrency. And why carbon fiber seats feel better on the anus than plastic, whatever, you know, so every, every sport has its specific clothing for, for, for specific reasons. Uh, you know, so with each sport of activity, there's clothing, clothing that assists in performance, some assists in comfort, some assists in safety, well, when performing or while performing, um, and then, you know, you get some, some kind of trends, I guess, guess, rather than clothing that kind of has, kind of have no relationship towards the sport or there's no real advantage over competitors you know like crossfitters these days if you look at all of them all the crossfit guys these days are rocking these 80s mustache and these big fucking yellow orange tinted sunglasses so honestly go have a look uh, that's the crossfit look for for the last year you know if you don't have that police mustache and sunglasses are you even lifting bro uh, <laughs> anyway, um, now I've come. I've come to a conclusion actually, um, and could, uh, this can can could, could actually be the only reason. Real hard and South African men actually only watch rugby, especially Springboks. In hopes that Faf du Plessis will drop his pants and parade around in his South African flag-themed speedo, 100% convinced. I think this is it. I fully believe that all those male Springbok supporters lived through Faf and his speedo because they are not man enough to wear one themselves. So they f- they froth basically an entire 80 minutes of you know rugby game in hopes that the camera will show the guys in the locker room celebrating in their underwear, especially his Speedo. Because why would South African men be so fucking fearful of a Speedo, be so fearful of one? You know, I mean, in Europe, men wear them at the beach with the same confidence that South African men wear their khaki shorts to the Houdini spa pool. It's fucking crazy. And for most men, a Speedo is the smallest suit they've ever tried on, and in some ways it resembles a, a woman's bikini, which does really make sense, you know, because in America, in Europe, in South America, men have been wearing this, the fucking speedo without stigma for years. Um, actually, my favorite speedo story surrounding South Africans is uh, many, many years ago when I was working, uh, working in the Red Sea um, as, a, as a dive instructor, we had this big group la- uh, coming in late afternoon. So uh, we had to kind of prep a lot of equipment and, you know, um, it was known that they were coming, they were from South Africa so i was in charge of giving briefings in afrikaans uh so anyway so I was, we all sat around it was probably six or seven because it was quite a big group six or seven of us kind of hanging around uh the, the other instructors all israelis and um anyway so this big group arrived and you know one by one they had to sign the you know the waivers and um all these nonsense the paperwork basically but while i'm kind of sitting around um all of them speaking Afrikaans, uh, all of them there basically. It's usually, you know, you've got all these South African groups that goes to, to Jerusalem for the Via Dolorosa and, you know, kind of doing all these religious walks and trips and whatever. But the funny thing was, like, while they're sitting there observing, you know, looking at all the instructors or divers, Israelis in their eyes, you know, the 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 amount of insults that came from them was Pretty fucking incredible, Cons- you know, considering that they are there for religious reasons in Israel. Yet they're sitting here, kind of insulting the Israelis about this one's ass being too big for his speedo and that one's ass being too flat for her speedo. So anyway, so they were going for on for probably good half an hour before I started my briefing. And obviously, they were quite shocked when I st- when I started do- to do the briefing in Afrikaans. And I realized that I was sitting amongst them the whole time, listening to all this bullshit that they were talking. But anyway, so you know, it just um, it just kind of adds to 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 my point here. Um, and I'm not, you know, when I speak of Speedo, I don't, I, I don't really mean Speedo the brand. I just mean, you know, men's brief or swim briefs or whatever the the proper term is. But you know, when when you speak of Speedo, um, everyone kind of knows what you mean, though. Um, you know, so if you're at a public pool to do your daily laps or to soak up the sun, um, or even just to, you know, get a tan, um, a Speedo makes sense. Um, you know, in South Africa, you might be mistaken for Europeans simply because of the Speedo. It's, it's funny how people make assumptions. Um, you know, back, again, back next to the Red Sea, uh, when I was living there, I was always mistaken for French or Russian or gay. As, you know, it seems like these were the only guys who ever wore Speedos with pride, it seems. But uh, as a diver, I, I wore my Speedo just uh, because it was, you know, it was comfortable. I can get out of my wetsuit easy. And I can get into a wetsuit quite easily, uh, you know, without needing to go hide or go to the bathroom to get dressed. So um, even in both seasons of Survivor, I was fast as fuck, boy. Uh, My minimal drag of my speedo gave me like an extra 5 kilowatt and a modest extra 5 newton meter of torque in in every challenge. So, um, you know, whenever I wore my speedo, which was all the time, you just couldn't catch me. I was just too fast. Um... (coughs) And, you know, when it got kind to camp or to go to fish and hunt for food, boom, I was ready. So it's truly versatile. You know, it's a uh, it's, uh, speedo is as versatile as a pack of fucking zip ties. It's incredible. Um, sure, obviously it's tight, it's tiny, you know, and it's a uh, low rise. But, you know, it fits my lifestyle. It fits my, you know, my uh, activities, my water sport activities. And I'm not trying to show my package, uh, but I also do accept that it's there. And, you know, I don't think I should be ashamed to be a male with features. 50% of the population is male. So what else do you do? You know, tuck, tuck your shit in between your legs and shuffle into the water like a duck running from danger. I don't know. Uh, I, actually, I don't know. South African men will likely, you know, go swim in heavy camo shorts with their men on their hip, an ostrich leather belt holding everything in place, and even fucking drown with all 20 pockets filling up with water before they even attempt to try out a bugly sm- uh, bu- uh, budgie smuggler. A while back, actually, like a year ago, I shaved my hair, uh, you know, to like a brush cut to number one. And, uh, you know, and then usually whenever that happens, and I think everyone who ever uh, shaved their hair would kind of relate to this, for the next few days, you just keep rubbing your skull with kind of carefree happiness because it just feel you just feel faster and lighter and just, you know, it's, things are just easier. And that's exactly how it feels to swim in a speedo, you know. And anyway, bought short tan lines. Borchotan Tan Lines looks exactly like Gautengas when they take a slow drive next to the beach with their windows up and aircon on. It's just fucking ridiculous. So the reason why I mention all of this is yesterday I went for kayak up the river. So what I enjoy doing is I kayak up, uh, up current, you know, a few hundred meters. And then I'll jump off and drift down current while holding onto the kayak. So it's really pleasant. It's obviously a bit of work in the beginning. But, you know, quite rewarding once you kind of drift effortless downriver and you can just enjoy the views and you can even fish if you want to. But anyway, so I was just kind of drifting next to my kayak and I counted. I passed 14 boats who came idling past me up going, you know, going upriver. And out of the 14 boats, 11 of those boats had some weird comment about me and my speedo. So, I mean, it's weird. Just imagine... Uh, Fuck, people people don't really understand how much sound travel over water and downwind, obviously, as well. So 11 of the 14 boats that passed me commented on this guy who's minding his own fucking business, drifting down current in his speedo. Now, you know, I'm going to take a wild guess and say that perhaps most of these people drive with their windows up and aircon on while they take a slow drive next to the beach. But that's just a wild guess. Anyway, so imagine if those individuals actually spend the same amount of energy it took to think of a negative comment, you know, towards a speedo and use that same energy to slow down fucking climate change or help the kids in Africa who digs up fucking lithium or, you know, risking their lives for a dollar or taking that same energy to help find suitable shelters for abused animals. I was actually surprised that we are heading into 2023 and still the church does not allow people in speedos to get a free pass. So here's the solution. Um, I think Women, girlfriends, boyfriends, and parents should all buy their son or their husband or relative a Speedo. Let's end the stigma and all fucking get uh, these Ford and 9 Cruiser owners into Speedos and show them the freedom that these Speedos offer. Even if Fuff had to retire from rugby and mass-produce a Speedo-themed Speedo, just for all of these speedophobia uh, phobian fucking people to get into one that's what needs to happen you know fuck we can even get a speedo with a Solidarity logo on the back or like a massive Toyota logo or even a picture of you you know of uh, on your recent holiday at arctic hartenbos because you can't kill the speedo fans you should rather just join them Anyway, so for today, I think the top tip of the day is buy a boyfriend, buy a husband or buy a son a Speedo for his uh, his birthday or next Christmas. So that by next year, this time, everyone could be drifting down river, enjoying the view and having the freedom of what a Speedo offer.